you know, I want to just share something with you I had on my heart. And um, some of you might be new to a church like this, Harvest Church, where we, we freely express ourselves before the Lord. We call ourselves a spirit-filled church because we want to be full of God. But then I was uh, way back in my college years, I was just, just coming into things like this. And, and you're wondering, what in the world are those guys doing just lifting up their hands? Well, I found a good explanation. Well, first of all, the Word of God tells us to in 2 Timothy, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2. But uh, when people raise their hands during worship at church, whether they know it or not, they are admitting that they are weak and without power aside from His help. They're praising God by physically and publicly demonstrating to Him that they need Him. So whether you lift up hands or not, that's not what I'm talking about, whether you're comfortable with that or not. But just for a moment, I, I just want to do that for myself. God, I need you more than ever before. God, like Derek said, bless this food. You're blessing us with your presence. You're blessing us with your word. The word you've placed on my wife and I's heart, we ask you that it's graceful, that it's received right. Pray that there's open hearts and open minds to receive. We thank you for ease of utterance, and we thank you for ease of reception. And we give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. We are back for a second part today, and I totally forgot it. They, they, about next week, so we'll have to put it on pause for a week because we have some more to say about it, but we're talking about reigniting our hope. That word reignite means to begin again, to cause, to begin, to burn again in our hope. And what kind of hope are we talking about? Bible hope. We need to be reignited in Bible hope, which is the belief that circumstances in the future will be better. If you lose your hope, then you don't believe things will get better, or you don't believe that will ever come to pass. And you can't have faith bring substance to things you don't hope for. Our faith in God, His Word, is the substance of things we hope for. So that's why, I mean, I, I don't know of any service that we're not praying over s different things to help us overcome or come out of a rut or, or just to come on forward and reignite our hope. And again, let me tell you what we're reigniting. However, if you're in that positive expectation, we're going to come up a little higher. But the Bible hope we're talking about is the belief that circumstances in the future will be better. Why? Because God said so and because we believe we received that promise when we prayed. So now we're expecting. I have it by faith. Now I expect it to get better. If doctors are involved, we always pray over our doctors that they would diagnose something specifically that we can put our faith on or they would, they would give the proper prescriptions. Or, and then also we pray over our therapists, Christian uh, counselors that will help, help a, a person talk out of their soul and their hurt so they can get in uh, and also apply the word. 
to that so they can be healthy. Bible hope enables us to endure tough times. Bible hope has long, enables us to wait long for things because we believe we have received it. We walk by faith and not by sight. That's the way of God. That's the way we receive from God. Joyce Meyer says, patience is having a good attitude while you wait. (laughs) Or may I say, while you expect. I don't want you to turn your neighbor and say, you need an attitude adjustment. We had a scripture yesterday that the men, and I might even bring that message to you guys in a different way sometime. When God came to a place where he was interrogating Job. You know, God in Romans says, behold the goodness and the severity of God. The whole gospel does not just include his goodness. The whole gospel also uh, brings us into the fear of God reverence of God, respect for God, because there's a severe side to him. And if we, you know, God is a loving father, and any good loving father will bring instruction. And most instruction comes through just teaching. However, sometimes good instructions from God and our leaders and different things, it it demands correction. And part of how we do that is just minister the word and the spirit of God deals with all of us. But times like this, God can use these times to develop character and endurance in our life. Psalm 115, 11 says, you who fear the Lord. How many of you here fear the Lord today? I do. I reverence him. Man, he's, he's first in my life. I respect him. I honor him. His word is flawless. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. Because he is their help and safe covering, the Lord has remembered us and will make good come to pass to us. That's keep in faith. Like Dad Hagen would say, keep the switch of faith turned on no matter what you see. You believe you have received it and you're expecting it to show up even though you don't see it right now. You still thank God for it because you have a promise that you're standing on. You know, we need to know it's normal that there are many things in this life that try to kick the hope out of us. And that doesn't mean that you're not in faith about something, but that is just a part of living in a fallen world. Mm -hmm. To know that it's normal that we meet resistance because that's part of living in this world. But thank God we're living with a God who helps us overcome and live in victory. You know, sometimes it feels like we might be in a season, it's like one thing after another after another. You feel like the hope is trying to be kicked out of you, and it's just like coming from random areas. But let me tell you what, you are so normal. It does not believe, that does not mean you're not believing hard enough or you're not trusting God enough. You just keep standing on the promises of God. Yes, you are in faith. Yes, you are believing God. 
That's just a part of standing and having done all to stand, keep standing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, God never promised us a trouble-free life. Woohoo! Amen. Yay. Preach it, Misty. Go ahead. Lord, bless this just food. Just want to get some shouting going on there. <laughs> That's why that happened today. We need a little bit of humor because it's right. pretty, pretty But you know here. what he did promise us? <laughs> he promised us to help us through every challenge Amen. and through every adversity. Yeah. That's just life, guys. That's just going through life. But it's good to know that, hey, I'm normal. I, I'm going through this, but other people are going through things too. And it's not like I'm just centered out and I'm not, it's not just me because I'm not believing enough or I don't have enough faith. And that's where the enemy tries to twist things yeah. and make us think contrary to the word of God. Yes, you are. You do have faith. Yes, you are believing God. You just keep standing on the promises of God in God will bring it to pass. Let God be God. Mm -hmm. You just keep holding fast to the promises of God. Romans 15, 13, I love this in the Passion Translation. It says, now may God, the fountain of hope. Doesn't that just sound refreshing? <laughs> yeah. Especially in a day like today, the fountain of hope. Fill you with overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace. What? As we trust in him. That's where our trust relies in. It's not us bringing it to pass. It's putting our trust in God. It's putting our trust in what he says according to his word. It's trusting him. It's relying on him. It's taking him at his word, regardless of what we see, regardless of what we feel, we keep our mind stayed on the promises of God. You know, many times, and I shared this with the first service, you know, we go through different seasons in our life. And, you know, the other night um, I was awakened, and it wasn't like, you know, pray for this, Miss I need you to pray. It was just an attack to disturb my sleep for no reason. And so a lot of times my go-to when my sleep is being disturbed by just like a, a just terror of nothing, it's just waking me up and causing me unrest and disturbance in my sleep. I have scriptures that I go to that I'll just meditate on until I fall back to sleep or I'll go to a worship song. But the other night, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to yield to the presence of God. How about us just being aware of mm -hmm. God with me and God for me? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, God, you know what? I'm just going to yield to your help right yeah. now. I'm not going to try to, and it's not us working something up. It's just, God, you're with me right now. I'm just going to yield to your help because I, I, I need my rest right now. I need sleep right now. Do you know that's a part of us recovering? And we're talking about mental health. That's a part of our mental health is getting good rest and whatever that looks like to you. Some people can get good rest of five hours a night. God bless you. <laughs> Some people need eight hours a night. I'm that person. I need my eight hours of sleep. That's good. Whatever that is, that's good mental health. And I'm like, God, 
I'm just going to yield to your help right now, and I thank you. I just receive by faith your presence with me right now. So you, you know what? Just yielding and being aware to that fountain of hope is with us. And may the power of the Holy Spirit, and that's being aware of his presence because he's on the inside of you. He's upon you. He goes with you. Wherever we go, he is with us. Exactly. Being aware, continually surrounding your life with his supernatural abundance until you radiate with hope. That's being aware of his presence. But you know what? We need to be aware of our triggers. We need to be aware of what's draining us, that we are refilled every single day. The word of God says, be being filled with the Holy Ghost. It's not a one-time infilling. It's an everyday infilling. Yeah. And I encourage you, if you have your prayer language, you pray every single day to fill yourself up every day with the presence of God every single day. I want to read to you, just so you know, you're normal. It's just good to hear. I'm normal. I want to read this article very quickly by Joyce Meyer. And she says, over the last 40 plus years that I have spent traveling and teaching God's word around the world, I've met many incredible people from nearly every walk of life. And some were doing very great, seemingly on top of the world at that point. We all have those seasons. Others confide, confided in me that they were barely getting by living day to day. We've all been there trying to make ends meet. And many others were dealing with the circumstances so difficult that quite frankly, they had felt defeated and overwhelmed by life. We have all been there, but we choose not to be stuck there. Amen? Yeah. Quite frankly, they felt defeated and overwhelmed. We all... We all battle hopelessness at some point in our life and no matter who we are or who are our situation hope is one thing we all desperately need hope is powerful hope is more than a motivational thought or a motivational speech or a fading daydream hope is a nothing is impossible with God firestorm refusing to be quenched. Amen. Yeah. I thank God we Good. are refusing to be quenched in yep. this place because God is with us and God is for us. Mm -hmm. It is an awareness. Listen, being aware that God is actually expecting and looking and longing to show you his goodness Hope is what stabilizes your frantic thoughts and emotions. It's an awareness that there is no problem big enough to keep God from rescuing you. These days, it's easy to be worn down by hopelessness. People lose hope when they experience overwhelming loss, repeated failures in possible situations, or when they are hurt by people they trust the most. That's why we always turn our attention and we are aware that the God of hope is with us at all times.
Amen. Amen. I want to review last week. We spoke about the most common challenges that everyone has. Mm-hmm. Say this with me. Everyone. Everyone. Is challenged with these. Is challenged with these. Now say this with me. I'm normal. You ever been through a season of life you just mm-hmm. wish somebody would just say you're normal? What you're going through is normal and God's going to help you through this too? Yes, yes. But the first one is health crisis, workplace issues, emptiness, friendship issues, failure issues, financial crisis, career pressure, unfair treatment, inner peace. And number 10, uh, we want to pause today to, to, to minister to the mental side and the mental health issues that we all come up against in our life. That's number 10. Most common challenges is mental health issues. And I'll remind you that uh, our good friend Tony Cook uh, wrote an article. He said, pastors play a vital role in not only promoting spiritual health, but also, guess what? We have flesh, we have mind, we live in this earth, and we got to deal with some stuff in a fallen world. So, but also, our emotional and mental health, we need to remember that people need significant doses of hope and encouragement. That's one of the reasons why we're on this message. We are, we are doing our best to make sure you don't just come in with, your, with the challenge or feeling in despair or hopeless but you're regaining your hope again, reigniting that hope again. All of a sudden, you are believing you receive again, and you're expecting again, and you're, you have some joy about you, and you have some peace about you. But there could be a step in between that mm-hmm. that most people don't like to talk about. We're talking about mental health. We're talking about things that, that trigger you know, triggers in our life that take us back to an unhealthy place in our mental health. Healthline talks about in mental health, a trigger, how many know what a trigger is? Not tigger, <laughs> but a trigger. Triggers refer to something, a person, a place, or a thing that affects your emotional state, often significantly by causing extreme and overwhelming distress. It could be a health issue that has come back on your life. It could be a workplace that had calmed down for a little while. Then that thing is rising up again and, and uh, so forth. I go through all the different things we just quoted there. But a trigger affects our ability to remain present. You ever, you ever been talking to somebody and they, they gone home? They're not even, not even, they're looking at you, but you see they're gone. It could be because they're dealing with something traumatically that has them stuck in a moment because of the trigger that just happened. So triggers affects our ability to remain present in the moment. It may bring up specific thought patterns, or influence our behavior, and triggers are anything that might cause a person to recall a traumatic experience that they had in their life, such as physical assault, emotional abuse, 
loss of a loved one, child abuse, violence, racism, self-harm, suicide. I think I was talking to Ed. Ed, are you here? You say 22 veterans or 22 veterans commit suicide every day. And that's an issue because when they got out of the service, our old school way of dealing with things is get over it, suck it up, get on with your life. And yet, as we read, that is so insensitive, it's not even funny. I I, I want to have some hands here today that you found yourself in a traumatic situation in life, and the last thing you wanted to hear is, get over it. So again, we've repeated this two, three times. Let's not judge people on something we've never gone through. That's right. The more we go through in life, the more sensitive we're going to be toward people and what they're facing in their challenges because we've been there and done that. Mm -hmm. We've got the bumper sticker, the license tag, and the bracelet. Mm -hmm. But also what we have is sensitivity Mm -hmm. that I've been through things. I will never judge them. Let's, let's surround them. That's why you need to be in a small group or serving group. Uh, you know, just somewhere you have a, a good group of people that you can confide in and have good friends in your life that will tell you the truth that you're too much in a cycle now. I can't help you. You need to go get some Christian therapy. That might be a step in between where you are and where you want to be. Because again, if you stay unhealthy, you're going to bleed on people that never cut you. You take it out on your kids. You take it out on your wife. You take it out on your husband. You take it out on the job. You just show out and you don't know what happened. And one of the reasons why domestic tragedy happens in good-hearted people is because sometimes they just snap with that trigger and they end up doing something that they regret for the rest of their life. I don't know how often my wife and I have been talking to somebody and, and they've got some anger issues. I said, you are a candidate to do something stupid and face incarceration for the rest of your life. You need some counseling, clinical Christian counseling that can help you surface things you didn't know you stuffed down. First 50 years of my life, I would always just suck it up, move forward, because that's what old school taught us, right? When's the last time you knew? And again, I respect old school because that's the way they were raised up, so I'm not condemning them, not judging them at all. But man, we, we have a fallen world. We've got an enemy that's trying to dispossess us of the things in Christ, trying to tell us lies. But guys, I'm trying to, tr- I'm trying to teach you men to be brave and talk about it. If you can't talk about it with anybody, you've got to find somebody you can talk to. But then also, I think, 
I'm pretty convinced just because a lot of the times that we've been meeting with couples and singles, it's very rare these days we don't say to them, you need some Christian counseling. We can give them the word, the word, the word, and cast down imaginations, but they got to, they got to, they stuffed too many issues down, and now they got to help have a, a professional help them bring it up. Yeah, I don't know if this is the most popular message we're preaching, but you know what? I, I, I'm tired of seeing it in our pastors, in our military, in our school uh, teachers and principals and and, and, and you could just name first responders and all this kind of stuff. You, you know, we see stuff in life. We experience stuff in life. And if you're a first responder like, like Derek, he said, I was up all night and I had this, that, that, and that. And if it's bothering you too much, you've got to talk to somebody. Less obvious triggers include a song. You ever hear a song? It takes you to a bad place. You're like, ah, oh, I'm not listening to that. I'm going to walk away from that. Or an odor, something that you smell. For instance, when I was a little boy, I would go to the lumber yard with my dad. My dad's been passed, what, over eight years now? And, and, um, one of the ways that I overcame my grief of losing him, my loss, heaven's gain. He don't want to come back, all these things. I'm, I'm good. But I remember periodically going to the lumber store just to smell that odor of a good time with my dad. That's a positive trigger. A trigger warning is simply a way of letting people know the content they're about to consume may contain triggers. This gives people the chance to avoid that content if they wish. If, if, if you're feeling a pull and a draw and it's impacting you negatively, uh, you know what? You've got to gracefully say, excuse me, y'all, I've got to go take care of something. You've got to pull away from the triggers and the overwhelming pulls in the life that you're about ready to go over into an unhealthy place. You know, it's so important that we talk about the whole part of who we are. We are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in this body. Mental health is important to every single one of us here because it's our responsibility to take care of our mental health. Only you as an individual know how we're doing helpful in our mind. That's our responsibility, guys, because we've been given the Word of God. That's why it's so important that we apply the Word of God every single day. Thank God He restores our soul, Amen. that we place ourselves at His feet every single day, that we get the Word of God in our heart every single day. But do you know God has given us tools that he's given us help naturally, the natural and the supernatural working together. The doctors are there for our good. Christian counseling is there for our good. You know, my husband and I, we were given an example the other day, and I was kind of walking around after 9 o'clock services like, 
oh my goodness, I need to get back to my walking because I am so sore after simply pulling weeds from my yard. And I'm like, oh my goodness, just from our mailbox area alone, we had an industrial bag full of weeds. But do you not know that was our responsibility to pull the weeds from our own yard? That was not our neighbor's responsibility. I don't go in my neighbor's yard and pull their weeds out. See, I know what's going on in this mind up here, and it's my responsibility to take control. I know where, when I need help up here. And let me tell you something. My husband calls out men that you need to ask for help, but let me tell you what. I know women, too, that they go into a silent mode, and that's not healthy either that they'll just close up and they'll clam up and they won't talk about it either. It's not healthy for any of us to put ourselves on an island and to ourselves. Guys, we have got to make sure that we are healthy in our minds. And if we need help, you need to ask for help. Yeah. Humble yourself. Don't let pride get in the way. When you need help, ask for help. Go to someone that you know that can, that can get you the help that you need. None of us should be that prideful. None of us are God. I'm not the Savior of my life. He's the Savior of my life. He's the Savior of your life. You're not the Savior of your life. And when we can humble ourselves and find ourselves at the foot of the cross, and when we say, okay, God, I'm going to get the help I need, and stop putting on this mask like we've got it all together. I'm super Christian. I am super faith. I'm just done with that fakeness when we need help. And we've got so much going on up here that we need to ask for help. That is the most beautiful thing when someone can say, I need help. And until they do... You can't do a thing about it for them. You cannot do it for someone else. And the thing about it, that when we, when we meet with couples and we see them make decisions contrary yeah. to the word, we basically say, well, they'll meet with us again when the cycle happens again. And they're good for a season. All of a sudden, cycle hits. Good for a season, then another cycle hits. If you get, keep getting periodic cycles, you are a candidate for Christian counseling. If you have an undertow, I was a little boy and I was in Florida and I was going, uh, how many remember bubbles you can put on your back, those styrofoam red things that you put around you? Thank you, one of us. Yes, yes. It was just a little styrofoam bubble thing you just wrap around here. Well, anyway, I went out there swimming as a little boy, probably about maybe four or five, and the undertow got me. And it started taking me out and out and out. And my dad came to rescue me. And I believe God is trying to attempt to rescue some folks here today that you don't have to live in that way. You can be healed and whole. And God's ministered to a lot of us today because the Father's here to rescue you yeah. and bring you to safety. We are trying to talk as real and authentic according to the Word of God. Let me tell you what, victorious only through the Word of God. 
Guys, but this is real life. And it needs to be talked about because too many people are not talking about it. And this is a part of how God created us, mm -hmm. spirit, soul, and body. He knows how we were created. And we have got to take off that responsibility of being the God of our life. Only he can be the savior of our life. And as we bring this to a close, I do want to pull, yeah. uh, pull this out as we bring this last point to a close because my husband alluded to it, talking about those first responders and honoring the military in this house and those watching online, because for too long they have been pushed aside and just says, just get over what you've seen, get over what you have experienced, get over of what you have, have worked through and seen um, and been so insensitive and, and unhealthy of taking care of those in the military. And you know, as my husband said, our heart goes to the first responders and you know, they say, don't feel remorse, don't confess your sins, don't get therapy, just push aside the post-traumatic stress disorder, reject any, any type of moral injury. Um, you know, I think most, if not all veterans, need some type of help with their therapy. I would add first responders. Uh-huh. That, uh, that's all first responders. That's EMTs. Yeah. That's paramedics, that's firefighters, that's police officers. I mean, you can name, there's so many that you can put in that category. That's leadership. You might be in a profession where you're a manager. Right. <laughs> and you get hit over and over and over, one thing after another. Thing after. You know, we're not hopeless. God's reigniting our hope. And we're going to face it in a healthy way. Amen? Amen. If I could, I want to finish with um, a last scripture my last scripture, and I think you have one. People in the military have often come to me and ask, you know, what does the word say about, about you know, serving in the military? Because I had to do things I didn't want to do. I had to see things I didn't want to see. And, and I feel so guilty for doing all this. Well, I've got a good word for you. The word says in Numbers 32.20, it says, Moses said unto them, if you will do this thing, if you will go armed before the Lord to war. You know, the United States is God's nation. If we go to war to preserve um, our peace and our safety, if you will go armed before the Lord to war and will go all of you armed over Jordan before the Lord until he hath driven out his enemies. Notice it didn't even say you drove out his enemies. No, now he helped you, but it's not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit of God. Verse 22, and the land be subdued before the Lord. Then afterwards, when you get back home, you're coming back home now, you shall return and be guiltless. I looked up other different translations, and it said, you shall return and be guiltless, blameless, innocent, clear, free of obligation, exempt before the Lord. So you see that? You take that scripture that you believe to minister to your soul, and then you can talk it out with a Christian counselor. Most people need to do that. 
But we weren't brought up that way. Right. And we have to get comfortable enough in our own skin to say, I need help, mm-hmm. and get it. No matter what we've gone through in this life, no matter what trauma we've experienced, if you've lived long enough, we've gone through some type of trauma, whether it's been a passing, whether it's been either through our childhood. We do not have to live victim the rest of our life. God can heal us everywhere. That we've had a traumatic experience. And sometimes that will look like going to get the natural help in that process of walking out that trauma event in a safe Christian space and place along with the Word of God. It's always going to be with the Word of God, the natural and the supernatural working together for our good. I'm going to read this scripture as we close today. God sees us. And he does not want us to continue to hurt and bleed the rest of our life. Because, guys, this world is coming to an end. And we must be about his business. And we need to do it healed. So we can be a blessing and minister hope to other people healed. And not continue to bleed and be hateful and spread that everywhere we go. We can only give what we have. And God wants us healed and restored. And everything that the enemy is meant for evil, God wants to turn it around for our good. But it's going to have to start with us being responsible and taking that ownership of allowing What's going on here? What's going on up here? And working with God to address what's going on with our mental health. Applying the Word of God, getting the help that we need. Listen, Romans 15, 13. It's going to be, are we aware of His presence in our life, guys? Now may God, the fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with un containable joy and perfect peace but that's going to be daily as we trust him as we are aware as we yield to him every single day and may the power of his Holy Spirit continually surround your life are we yielded to him every day are we asking him to refill us every day are we in his presence every single day with his super abundance until you re-radiate with his hope. Guys, paying attention if we're operating in a deficit, if if we know we're not operating healthy in our mind, that we do something about it. We are responsible for the garden of our mind, the garden of our life, to stop pointing the finger at Adam and Eve. What are we doing with the garden of our life? Taking responsibility of our mental health, our thoughts, our mind, our will, and our emotions. We have control over that. Yield it 
to the help and ministry of the Holy Spirit that abides on the inside of you. He's with you. He's for you. Are you asking for his help? Are you asking for the help of others? You weren't created to do life alone. We need each other. I want to pray with you today. Father, I thank you. I thank you for this assignment that you've given my husband and I to just call out, Father, the mental health and well-being to expose. God, we thank you. We are perfect and complete in our spirit. God, I thank you that you have equipped us to walk in victory in this life that we can put this body under. We can take every thought captive. God, I thank you. I thank you that we will no longer be ashamed to ask for help. God, we need each other. And God, I thank you that we call out. We thank you for anyone that needs help. And God, that we all God, I found ourselves in the position that we need to make sure we're doing good with our mental state, God, that we do what we know we need to do. And God, I pray for every person here, every person watching online. God, I thank you that you're with us, that you're for us. I plead the blood of Jesus from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. We're not alone. God, I thank you that we are healed and we are whole and you are helping us. And God, if we are here today and we need that help for someone to come alongside of us with your word involved, your presence involved, and we need to to get some help naturally with your word and your, your spirit, God, I thank you. We're here for one another. We're not ashamed, but God, we're here to encourage each other. And we're here to walk with our brothers and with our sisters. And God, I thank you that we will fulfill the call of God upon every single one of our life. If we profess your son as Lord of our life, we have a call upon our life. If it's in the workplace, if it's in our neighborhood, wherever we are, God, I thank you. We are awakened to the purpose of our life that we'll no longer sit silent, but we'll let our voice be known of the good and the hope that we have in you and we'll let others know. God, I thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness and the hope that you've given to every single person that we are not ashamed and we will not allow pride to stand in the way. But God, we thank you for the help and the ministry of your Holy Spirit. And God, right now, if there is someone here, God, and God, they're taking the weight and the responsibility of, of someone that they know that needs to get the help, God, we can't do it for another. And God, I thank you for helping us all take care of our own life, take care of our our own. Uh, We will only stand before you on that judgment day, Father. We can pray for one another. We can't take the responsibility. We cannot be God for another person. We cannot help another person see what they need to see. But we can pray for one another. And God, help us cast all of our cares 
all of our worries, all of our anxieties upon you, Father, when it concerns another person, when we see that they need the help, God, we will continue to cover them in prayer. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we thank you for it. And God, there may be those here today, and you might say, I don't know of this God that you're even talking about. I have never known this kind of love. I do not know God is my Savior. You're watching online, and you're just saying, Misty, I would like to pray this prayer of salvation. I would like to make Jesus Lord of my life so I can know this kind of hope. I can know this kind of peace. I would love to pray this prayer with you this morning to make Jesus Lord of your life. All you need to do is just slip your hand up, and we're all going to pray this prayer together. If you would just raise your hand. No one's looking around. I'm just going to pray this prayer with you, and we're going to pray it together. We're going to pray it all together. And those online, we would love for you to call the church office. And we can pray with you and send you some information. If you would, if you would pray this prayer with me this morning. Say, God, I come to you this morning. God, I come to you this morning. I believe with all of my heart. I believe with all my heart. You sent your son Jesus. You sent your son Jesus. To pay to the pay. death penalty for me. And on the third day, you raised him from the dead. Jesus, I believe you're alive. And I ask you to come into my heart, to be my Lord, and to be my Savior. I denounce my past, and I look to you as my Lord. Now let me just pray for you. Father, I thank you for everyone that prayed that prayer for the very first time. That you make yourself known to them like never before. That you surround them with your love. That you embrace them with your comfort. And I thank you that they find themselves planted in the house of God. Surrounded with believers. Not in a house of perfection. But in a house of people that are on a journey in a life with you, not going back, but going forward. God, I thank you. I call them blessed. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Glory to God.